This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning, even on Christmas Day at 8am every single day. And Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a fantastic morning. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And your weekend has gone really, really well as well. Good morning to everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining me as per, um, especially on this day. Uh, I mean, I always kind of talk about, don't I, that weekends, Saturdays, Sundays, bank holidays, the types of days in which you really do appreciate the loyalty that some people of you guys can show. So uh, on Christmas Day, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Good morning, or Merry Christmas, I should say, to A1, to Mr. Arsenal, to Relay, to Harvey. Uh, Merry Christmas to old Dave, Morgie. Um, we've got Carl, we've got Jose, we've got Aiden and Trader Mike and Barry and Martin and Clincy and Maximius, Martin, Amira, Babatundi, uh, Merry Christmas to Temi and Scott and Ray, Stevie, Grantley, Poos, Matt G, CT, Angela, Louie, uh, Stephen. We've got Damien. We've got Carlton, the Urban Ghost. Owen, good morning and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Daniel, Robert, uh, with Alistair, Daryl. I'm trying to do as many people as I can this morning. Sean, Paul, Daryl. Um, I'm definitely doubling up on people. Steve, Glenn, uh, Dottila, uh, Mike, uh, Patrick, Darren. Merry Christmas uh, to everybody and everybody else. And Latte Firm in the chat as well, FK. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in uh, on this Christmas morning it, it might not be the longest show in the world today for i think more very obvious reasons um but uh, we've got some things to talk through got a little christmas gift for you as well to hear the dulcet and merry tuning of ben white's uh voice as well but without further ado let's crack on with today's stories the premier league results from the weekend uh we know of course thursday friday results i didn't get to talk through saturday's results uh, results in yesterday's show because obviously i did the uh the uh, kind of pre-recorded uh, listen to the uh, the game against Liverpool. So I wasn't able to chat about that. But Crystal Palace and Brighton and Villa and Sheffield United both drawing, of course. Unai Emery blowing his chance to go top of the table at Christmas there. Uh, they would have done had uh, they won that game because Arsenal and Liverpool drew. And speaking of those Saturday results, uh, Fulham losing at home in quite significant fashion against Burnley. Uh, Arsenal will play Fulham at uh, Craven Cottage in just... Uh, less than a week's time. Uh, Luton with a massive win against Newcastle United. What a Christmas present for them. And of course, in the aftermath of the Tom Locklear um, situation, it is, I think, 
Luton have become basically everybody's second team at this stage uh, and everybody is hoping that Luton can stay up. Meanwhile, in that relegation fight, a team that could be falling out of it is Nottingham Forest, but we'll talk more about them in a second. Spurs narrowly beating Everton. Everton had a chance to equalise in the final moments. Dan Juma somehow missing uh, what was a clear and obvious chance to spread the points across North uh, London and Merseyside, which was the case, of course, at Anfield, where Liverpool drew with Arsenal. And Wolves beat Chelsea uh, <laughs> 2-1 yesterday. And also West Ham United beat Manchester United 2-0 as well. Um, both of those games showed the hilarity that is Chelsea and Manchester United at this stage. Um, and if we look at the Premier League table as it stands at Christmas at the top of the tree, the star or the fairy, depending on what kind of family you are, um, <laughs> I don't know what that means, uh, is Arsenal on 40 points. Uh, Liverpool on 39. Aston Villa also on 39 in joint second place. Spurs on 36 in fourth. Manchester City having played a game less, of course, um, can go within three points of Arsenal if they win their game in hand against Brentford. West Ham United up to sixth in the table. Sixth West Ham. It's pretty impressive. And of course, Arsenal will face West Ham on the 28th. Uh, Newcastle drop into seventh on 29 points. Manchester United dropped to eighth. Uh, I remember those Man United fans that were saying, well, Arsenal should be eighth because it's their modal, you know, it's their <laughs> it's their modal position in the league. Well, where are they sitting now? Where are they eighth? Um, Brighton in ninth uh, on 27 points. Chelsea in 10th. Joint uh, on uh, points with Wolves after their loss to uh, Wolves. Bournemouth also on 22 points after their brilliant win. Dominic Solanke scoring three goals. Are you changing your mind about Dominic Solanke yet? Fulham, 21 points in 13th. Brentford in 14th on 19 points. Crystal Palace on uh, 18 points in 15th. Everton on well on 16 with 16 and in 16th place. Uh, Nottingham Forest, 17th place with 14. Luton Town. Uh, 12 points. Uh, Burnley with 11 in 19th place. And the bottom of the table still, the team that Unai Emery could not beat, Sheffield United on nine points. Um, so there you go. Uh, that is your Premier League table as it stands at Christmas. But sticking with the Premier League uh, and Nottingham Forest have submitted a formal complaint to the PGMOL after the officiating of Rob Jones uh, in their game in which it saw Willie Bolly sent off wrongly and then VAR did not correct the mistake. It was a horrific decision to send off the defender in which he was actually the one fouled despite him getting the ball and then the other player coming and fouling him going over the top of the ball. Awful, awful decision and yet another example of the poor officiating in England and rightly uh, getting highlighted. I don't know what is going to come of this complaint. I don't know how this will be dealt with but it was one of the worst decisions. It could have massive ramifications for Nottingham Forest in their hopes of staying up. This was a game in which they would have been targeted to try and use the points to stay up and now are very much in the mire. We've already talked about the Premier League table and they are um, only, well, I say only, they're five points ahead of Luton, but still you cannot drop points at any stage during a season, really, if you're in a relegation battle and any point is so, so incredibly valuable. Um now, I've got a, uh, a little Christmas gift for you. I've always said that one of the Arsenal players that I hadn't yet spoken to that I always wanted to speak to because his reputation precedes him is, of course, Mr. Benjamin White. And that Christmas present, that Christmas wish came true. So sit back for the next 30 seconds of uh, me having a chat with the always wonderful 
Benjamin White. It was a really strong defensive performance playing with William and Gabriel next to you. What is it like playing in that unit together now? You feel much more familiar with each other. Yeah, obviously they're unbelievable to get there. So um, strong and powerful and you know, they make it easier for everyone around that relationship you've got with Bakayo on the right-hand side as well, he was getting a lot of stick and, you know, there was a few really tough challenges on him today and going the other direction as well. How has that relationship developed? Yeah, he's obviously an amazing talent and makes it so easy for me. And Yeah, he obviously gets kicked every single game, so I think he um, he's used to it and, you know, just come in every game. Some Christmas cheer there from uh, a very excitable Benjamin White after the game between Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, thank you to Benjamin for having a chat with us. Uh, you can read the full interview um, over on the football.london website. Of course, um, I had a few people tweet me the other day saying, is it frustrating, Tom, when people don't credit you? And I was like, it is, but it's just one of those things. And my goodness me, did I see those specific quotes shared around everywhere and I think I was credited maybe twice maximum with those quotes, I think, in the end. It is what it is. You know, I, you, can't, you can't win them all. Um, but if you do see people using those quotes, just give them a nudge and say, could you give some credit, please? Because, uh, you know, go all the way out to Anfield. You ask the questions. You hope to at least get credited when people want to use the quotes that you get. Anyway, less than enough Christmas uh, grinching around. Uh, we go to our headline story today. And Arsenal and Liverpool still linked uh, with a move for Palinja uh, of Fulham, of course, who they will face on New Year's Eve, except that various sources um, have suggested that Fulham will ask for £60 million. I can't see Arsenal being in a position in January to pay £60 million for a player. I'd be shocked if Arsenal spend that much money in January. I think it would require a significant surprise sale in the winter month to justify Arsenal being able to spend that amount of money. And that's just on one player. And Arsenal, of course, want many, many more than that and have needs in fullback, at centre-back, at centre-mid, at centre-forward, at right and left wing, arguably, as well. There is needs to provide reinforcement in all those areas, which, of course, will be tackled more so in the summer. But uh, I just can't see Arsenal spending £60 million on Joao Palhinha unless there is some very smart way of, um, you know, of, uh, of doing that deal. I can't see it happening. But who knows? Maybe we'll get a Christmas miracle. Right, let's move to a part two where we're going to tackle your questions and go through as many as we can in the next 10 minutes or so right after this. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I should point out that for those that are watching on YouTube, this this is actually an Arsenal Christmas hat. Oh, there you go. So uh, you know, it's not just a random, uh, it's not just a random Santa hat I've got on today. It's uh, you know, dedication to the cause always. Right, um, Jonas says, how many points did we have this time last year as Christmas champions? That's a great point. Well, if we have a look at Arsenal's game, was it three one we beat West Ham in twenty twenty two? 
I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so we beat West Ham 3-1. So we can count back three points because that was the day after, that was the game after Christmas. So we were on 37 points this time. Is that right? We were on 37 points this time around last season. So are we actually... Oh, but to be fair, no, there's less games played at that point. So it's different. So we are on uh, 39 points at the moment. Uh, sorry, we're on 40 points at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's it's different, isn't it? Because we're in a situation where we've played 18 games. So this time last year at Christmas, we'd only played 15 games. So we have got, we had 30, wow, we had 40 points off 15 games. So we're actually nine points worse no, that's not right. Sorry. We are the same amount of points that we were on having played three less games um, last season. So, yeah, we are. And the league is, you know, they are get the league is, is delving, de dealing out less points this season. Teams are not picking up as points uh, as consistently as we were. It's worth pointing out that Manchester City were on 32 points having played 14 games. They are on 34 points this season, having played 17 games. So Man City are, are not having as good of a season. Liverpool, meanwhile, played 15 games. They're on 25 points. This season, they're on 39 points, having played 18. Liverpool have considerably improved this season compared to last season. But Arsenal, despite still being top of the table, are worse off points-wise, you would say. I mean, they're the same amount of points, but they've played three more games this season than they did last season, but they were on 40 points at Christmas as well. Uh, Forever an Arsenal fan says, hi Tom, what's your opinion on the reaction of Liverpool fans to Saka's tackle on Simakas and Diaz? The Diaz one is is it's just a slip. Um, so it's just really unlucky. The Simakas one, he also slips for that as well. It's just, it's just unlucky. I absolutely empathise with the Liverpool fans' frustrations with that. I also empathise with their frustrations in some degree to the ref, but not really, because I don't think the ref had a bad game at all. I think the ref got all the decisions right on the day. Um, not giving the penalties, booking the players he booked, not sending off the players that he didn't send off. He got all the decisions right on the day. And for me, I don't think there's too many qualms. I explained all the decisions in my show that I did yesterday morning. Um, but I'm not surprised Liverpool fans are angry. They've lost their other left back now for a significant period with a broken collarbone. Luis Diaz could be injured and out for a, another extended period as well. Who knows? You'll have to wait and see. Um, so absolutely, I'm not surprised that they are. My opinion is I'm not surprised at their reaction. but they are wrong in their scathing criticism of Saka. It is just really bad luck in both situations. And as Saka said, you know, he apologises, but it was an accident. I mean, Saka gets kicked and kicked and kicked every day. It is part of the sport that bad things sadly sometimes happen by accident. It is when things don't happen by accident that we need to have a conversation about them. But in this situation, both of them Saka slips. And to be fair, the Anfield pitch, it wasn't something I talked about yesterday because I didn't really want to... I don't want to always talk about environmental things that affect performances, but and I didn't bring up the fact that Anfield was as slippy as an ice rink uh, on Saturday, but it was the same for both teams. But it was horrific. The pitch was dreadful, and that was causing players to slip constantly all over the field. So in some ways, whoever is responsible for that pitch being as slippy as it was is in some ways responsible for those Liverpool injuries because if it wasn't as slippy of a pitch as it was you wouldn't have had those injuries happen and players wouldn't have been slipping and sliding into each other, which increases the chance of injuries that happened to those Liverpool players. So at the end of the day, I think someone needs to have a word with the, the groundsman as to why it was so incredibly slippy. Um, 
Ronald says, Tom, we are linked with Diamande. What do you think about Antonio Silva from Benfica? Is he a better centre-back? No, I don't think so. I think in Portugal, the, the best centre-backs are Diamande and Inacio. They're the, the two that I look at are the sporting ones. But, you know, Silva is a really good standard, but he's not the one that's kind of caught the eye of me nor Arsenal, it seems. With the other players, it seems more so in the radar. Katana uh, says, no sympathy. It was a 50-50 shot, shot challenge. Just unlucky he got injured, so maybe some empathy. Yeah, it's just empathy. That's all I feel. I don't feel any kind of, you know, remorse or guilt or anything like that. And neither should, neither should Saka, really. He should apologise because it's an accidental thing that's happened and he has done, but nothing more than that is needed. Uh, Maximilian says, Tom, we play late Thursday versus West Ham and then less than 72 hours later, we're away to Fulham. We have dropped points to Fulham at home earlier. Should this worry us? Do we have recovery? It's Christmas. It, this, is, this is what happens. I mean, we are hardly going to be the only ones that are going to be having... I mean, um, Liverpool play on Boxing Day, having played on the 23rd. They've got to go to Burnley to play who are now in good form, you know, so we can't necessarily complain. Manchester City play having come back from the Club World Cup away at Everton. Let's hope that Everton can do us a favour there. Everton got a good result against City last season. That was the Etihad, of course, but they're in decent form. We play on the 28th and then we play on the 31st at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Fulham's next game is on Boxing Day, to be fair. So they'll have a few extra days to recover themselves, but they're away at Bournemouth. At least Arsenal's travel over the Christmas period is, pr period is pretty minimal. You know, we're at home to West Ham. We're away to Fulham in London. We're then at home to, to Liverpool in the FA Cup. We are, I think, then uh, away to Nottingham Forest a little bit later on in the month. But I think we've got Crystal Palace at home in, as well in there. Another home game in London. So we're not travelling too far, to be fair. So at least we haven't got that um, to, to worry about too much. Um, Byron says, morning, Tom. Don't you think it's ironic that Liverpool fans who have watched Robertson push and shove players into advertising hoardings and committing late tackles are now crying over a 50-50? It's the way of football, mate, to be honest. I saw Liverpool fans in my comment section after yesterday's show trying to say, oh, Arsenal fans aren't moaning about VAR and referees, are they now? When the irony is that the referee actually had a good game against Liverpool and got the decisions, in my opinion, right. You know, and I'm pretty... I'm pretty straight down the line when it comes to decisions for and against Arsenal. I don't tend to sway one way or the other. Like, if Liverpool fans are saying that Saka's push in the back of Simakas was a foul, I mean, Havertz was also pushed in the back for the challenge in the box. But I've said that that wasn't, in my view, a penalty. But Liverpool fans, in their view, seem to think that it was because that's what they're saying about the Simakas situation. It was a very similar movement um so there is an irony there as well i guess uh chris says with the current team um of, of what the form sorry i think that is of martinelli uh, do you think that we should play jesus on the left with havertz as a nine well havertz is suspended for the next game so no, we're not going to see that trossard is the obvious pick to come in um for the game I, again i saw somebody also say in the comment section that i have a bias against trossard except i'm on record saying that trossard is one of the best signings that we've ever made under Mikel arteta i think people just like to have their own agendas or try and force their agendas i suppose on, on other people which isn't very christmassy i can assure you that i've been one of the biggest backers of trossard since he arrived and have loved trossard's um you know form and contributions for us as a player it really and the winning record that we had last season when he started games at centre forward was fantastic. So, you know, people just being, uh, you know, 
It's just people being melons, basically, is what it is. Uh, Anesimos says, Tom, wondering if your position has changed on Tony. I had similar opinion to yours before, but as the weeks go on, I'm starting to be convinced that having him in the squad, in the January squad would be beneficial. I've never said that it wouldn't be beneficial. That's that's a completely different argument. If the argument is, do if the question is, do you think Tony in this squad would be a benefit to Arsenal? The answer is yes, of course it would. Tony would be of benefit to us. He would add something to us. He would provide more goals to us. But my argument is, is I think that he is not the striker that I would choose. So if you're asking me if my view of whether Tony being the option for us to go for at centre-forward has changed, the answer is no. If you're asking me if my opinion on whether or not he would add something to us and be beneficial to us in January, again, the answer is not changed because I think that he would. I just think there are smarter decisions to make in the market. I think Dominic Solanke is proving at the moment and this season to have as much weight of an argument behind him as a potential signing as what Tony has done in previous seasons. Solanke is scoring and contributing goals at a better rate than what Tony was for Brentford last season. So why is there such a disparaging gap for many people between Solanke and Tony? Why is Tony put up on this pedestal when Solanke is kind of disregarded and saying, oh, well, he's not good enough? Even from my perspective, I was underwhelmed at first by the link to Solanke. But as the weeks go on, I'm starting to look at it differently. I'm starting to see more of him. Maybe I just didn't see enough of Solanke. And actually, I don't think there is much between the two as options at all. So if we're considering Tony for 80 million and Solanke's going to cost less than that if you can get him out of Bournemouth, which is going to be very difficult because they don't want to sell him, then I don't. I, I think I lean actually slightly more towards Solanke because if you want someone to come in and give you an immediate impact, the people that say, well, Tony can guarantee you an immediate impact because of his Premier League experience, I would argue that Solanke is in a much better position to give us an immediate impact than, than Tony is because Tony's not played any football for the last however many months, really, at a competitive level. So I hope that makes sense. But uh, I, yeah, I, my opinion's not changed, Anisimos, because I think A, maybe you've misconstrued what my opinion is and B, it's not needed to ch change either. Um, oh, Dave says the, the door was closed on Solanke. That is what um, the the owner of Bournemouth has said. Yes, Dave, uh, that they said the door is closed and uh, the horse has bolted. I, I think that they they use that. So, yeah, there is no shut and bolted. I think is what they said. Um, so, yeah, that is what was suggested previously. So it doesn't seem that Solanke could be sold. That said, Brentford have said that for a decent price they would potentially sell, uh, sell Tony. So I guess that's the difference between the two. Maggie says, Tom, which Arsenal player would you trust to cook your Christmas turkey? Ooh, that's a good question. Which player do I think is the best cook? I think, I think, and this is, this is purely completely stereotypical, but because he's Italian and Italians are the best cooks in the world, going to have to go with Jorginho. Now, it might, you know, I'm not sure if Turkey is that common in Italy at Christmas time, so maybe you should pick like an English player, but I, I feel like, I feel as though probably uh, Jorginho might be the best pick. I, I reckon Jorginho is the best chef in the team, but that is purely stereotypical because of his Italian heritage, obviously. So, but that would be my pick. Um, oh, true. He is also Brazilian. Yeah, as Dan points out, he's actually Brazilian, isn't he? And now he represents Italy because he was there for so long. That's a really good point. Um, Brazilian food is also very good, though. So maybe if you're combining Brazilian cuisine and Italian cuisine into one, that could be like a, a mega 
cuisine. <laughs> I still think it works, even though he's he's got links to both. I think it still works. So I'm still going to stick with my answer, uh, Jorginho. Uh, Chris says, Joao Neves and Joshua Kimmich in the summer and maybe Jamal Musiala as a competition for Odegaard. Nico Williams as a competition for Sack. I don't know where all that money's coming from. <laughs> Chris has got a football manager-style transfer wish list, but uh, yeah, I really don't think it is. Young Carl says, this is the correct take. I'm assuming that is to my Jorginho answer. <laughs> Jorginho has got to be the best one, yeah. K-Dot says, Brazil-Italy hybrid is actually mental. For food, surely. Uh, to cook a turkey. Brazilian and Italian coming together to cook the... To cook the um, typically very, I guess, English and American uh, celebration um, main dish being turkey. So there you go. Let us know what you're having for your Christmas dinner. Are you a turkey person? You're a gammon person? You're a beef person? Let us know. K-Dot says, Tom, sprouts or no sprouts... I'm a sprouts person as long as they're covered in gravy and bacon. Bacon and gravy um, sprouts are great. If you're just having them on their own with no gravy at all, you're weird. I mean, my the missus doesn't like gravy. Just putting that out there. She doesn't like gravy. Weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> A1 says, uh, I'm going with party parte for the turn. I'm not sure parte. I don't know how parte's cooking skills are. Um, Patrick says, Tommy Asu could be a bit versatile in the kitchen. I love that. Great line there. Um, and says, I can't imagine that Jorginho making decent Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings are the easiest thing to... You can't mess up Yorkshire puddings. You get hot oil. You, well, you don't. You get oil. You put the oil in the oven in the little trays, like the you know, little cupcake trays, if you like. Put it in the oven. Heat up the oil. Get it out. Make your batter. Pour the batter into the boiling hot oil. It starts to bubble away. Put it back in the oven and let them rise. They're great. They're easy. No one can mess up making... The only way you can mess up Yorkshire puddings is if you don't have hot oil when you make them. That is the only way you can mess up... Um, uh, you can mess up Yorkshire puddings. Zuntart, rice is gravy. Yeah, rice is definitely gravy. 100%. 100%. Darren says he has chicken, ham and seafood for Christmas. I love hearing about different people's around the world's Christmases. It's so different. You get so insulated, don't you, in the UK? We're like, yeah, turkey, gravy, roasties, Yorkshires, veg, pigs in blankets. Like, yeah, I and mean, everywhere else in the world, people are having chicken and rice. and You know, it's great. I love it. Um... Forever Arsenal fan says maybe Saliba should cook uh, since he's French. The French are very good cooks. That said, the, the French cuisine is never something I gravitate towards, but the French are always known as being the best cooks in the world, I guess, as well. Um, Amira says, so when are we going to be doing a cook-along? I'd love to do a cooking channel. That would be like my breakaway, doing a cooking channel, because I love cooking. It's great. Uh, Temi says they have snail, pounded yam, and a goosey. I don't even know what a goosey is. Sounds great. K-Dot says, I have a vegan roast myself. Fair play. Uh, Ronald says, has Arteta's handling of Ramsdale cost a higher fee? It's going in a very different direction. <laughs> uh, has he handling of Ramsdale cost us a higher fee? Um, if he had given him uh, all the Premier League games and the other the Champions League games like Barcelona a few years ago, yeah, I think you're probably right, Ronald. I think if Ramsdale was playing all the Champions League games, we might have got a bit more money for him. I don't think that's un, you know an unfair theory at all. Um Chris says, let's be honest, Saliba would be good at everything he does. I'm sure he, he probably, yeah, he's probably fantastic, isn't he, at everything. Um, I reckon he could knit a Christmas jumper just perfectly well. 
Um, he probably buys the best presents for everybody else. Everything Saliba does just turns to to gold, doesn't it? So if he was one of the three wise men, he would be the one gifting gold. Let's, let's be honest, that is it. He would be the one gifting gold. Uh, Ruth, Merry Christmas. Uh, we have bacon-infused sprouts today. Wow. And roast potatoes cooked in goose fat. Yeah, if you're going to do roasties, they've got to be the ones cooked in goose fat. Let's be very, very honest about that. Uh, Jean says, uh, we as Norwegians have the rib of pork. Wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I actually um, spent my 23rd of uh, uh, 23rd of December at the Liverpool game with a Norwegian um, for the majority of of the game and, and an interview. It was uh, it was great. I loved it. Um, and there's an interview I think going out over on a Norwegian. Uh, yeah, certainly a Norwegian outlet is going to be doing an interview. I'm just trying to see if I can find it. Yes, uh, Mikkel, uh, Mikkel Asserud, 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 Asserud. Uh, he writes for VG. Uh, they're doing an interview. I think they're going to be doing something about uh, uh, my interview talking about Odegaard. So, yes, and we were talking about the fact that they celebrate Christmas on the 24th, I think, in Norway, um, rather than the 25th. I think that's what he said. Um, so yeah, it wasn't Erdegaard, Matt G, no, uh, sadly not, but, uh, yeah, they said they celebrate it a day earlier on the 24th. Never knew that. Amazing. Love it. Such a crazy, it's why I, I'm always like, when you get people that are so disparaging about like tourist fans and like people coming from outside, you you may have seen a video going around of a Liverpool fan. It's, it's quite an old video, but it's been sent to me a few times, um, it's been said to me a few times over the last few weeks since we did that phone-in show talking about tourist fans and the, the tickets and the atmosphere and the Emirates, etc. And, like, I just feel as though the, the world just gets into such a sad place. Like, and especially at the moment, there's a lot going on, you know, globally. I don't want to get into too serious of a topic, but I love learning about other countries and people's cultures and what they do at different times of the year that's different to me. It's our differences that make us really interesting as people. And, you know, if it wasn't for the influx of, of of talented footballers from around the world, we wouldn't be enjoying how brilliant William Saliba is. We wouldn't be being enthralled by our fantastic German attacking midfielder Kai Havertz scoring massive goals at, at big moments, of Jesus rounding Anana and scoring against Manchester United. You know, we wouldn't be enjoying so much multiculturalism, how people can be so disparaging against anyone else from any other countries and be so against, you know, more just interactions with people from around the world. I find it crazy. Um, and I think that's probably a nice message to, to end this Christmas show on. I hope that you have a absolutely fantastic Christmas day. Enjoy yourselves. Um, stay safe. Stay well. If you're in a situation in which, sadly, you can't celebrate Christmas, perhaps for a number of reasons, just know that there is a family here at TGT that you are always welcoming, leaving your comments. Thank you so much for listening uh, always and being part of this group and this community. I look forward to seeing as many of you as feasibly possible on the 22nd of February, our live event. There are still some tickets left down in the description. I'll be releasing details of some of our uh, panelists next month. So I look forward to that. So if you'd like to come along to that in February at the old Queen's Head on the Essex Road in North London, on the 22nd of February, six o'clock onwards, please make sure you do. It's going to be a great event and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, have a great day. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal and Merry Christmas.
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.